0: Good morning church. Y'all can do a little bit better than that. Good morning church. There we go. That is a lot better. Um, As our sister Kelly said this morning, we come to the last sermon in this series, uh, Love in Action. And as our brother Bill referenced, uh, the title of this morning's message, The Why and the How of Christian Love. That's what we will be working with on this morning. <clears throat> Just as a heads up, uh, beginning next Sunday, uh, we enter the Advent season, the season in which we begin to prepare and celebrate uh, the birth of Christ. So we'll spend four sermons dealing with Advent-related Uh, material, and then come the new year, the sermons will be tailored toward elements of the vision. So that's just a little heads up sermon-wise. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, with that said, if you're able to rise, I'll invite you to do so. This morning's uh, passage is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So let me read it. Afterwards, I'll pray, and then you all take your seats. These are the words of the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. He says these words, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Father, we ask now that your Spirit will be amongst us as we seek uh, to see Christ in your Word. Help us to digest what it is you would have us to know. And help us to put in practice the things that you are calling us to do. Father, we thank you for your word. We commit this time unto you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We have been dealing with the concept of love for quite some time. We spent a good bit of sermon time uh, just dealing with various angles of love. And the reality is there's much more that could be said. But as we close out this series, I wanted to close out with uh, why love is so important. And of course, in this passage, we'll see Uh, how Paul breaks down. This is Paul, you know, in in various places, Uh, some of his writings are hard, and I'm not suggesting that there's nothing in this passage that uh, could be considered hard. But on some level, this is Paul trying to break down uh, what love is about uh, for those in his audience who would be, hey, what is love? What is love? But before we look at this passage, just uh, uh, I want you to think for a second. Um, you know, it's it's possible, it's possible to read. For example, you can read words without really paying attention to what you read. You don't have to raise your hands, but some of us have done that. <laughs> we're reading and we're reading and we read maybe three pages and then we it clicks. What did I just read? Perhaps your mind was elsewhere. Uh, For some of us, well, no, this is probably the case for all of us from time to time. Sometimes we're praying or we're in corporate prayer and prayers are being had to God Almighty and we're not even there. You don't have to raise your hands for that. But if that's your deal, then ask for forgiveness silently. Some of you all aren't even paying attention now if we tell the truth. (laughs) And for those who weren't, you're probably asking, why are all these people laughing? It's possible to do these things without really doing them. Well, this is kind of how this passage starts off. You, you can have all of these gifts. You can be talented. You can be blessed by the Lord in many ways. And yet, you fall extremely short with what it is we are ultimately called to do, and that is love. But before before that, uh, a little bit uh, with the context in Corinthians. If for some reason you're not familiar with it, uh, you will do well to know that this church was a wild church. This letter is long because they needed a lot of attention from the apostle. If for for some reason we feel like we're a crazy church or we don't got it together or we got some issues, of course we should pray, but let's turn to Corinthians and be encouraged that we're not the only church like that. This was a wild bunch context-wise. There was division in the church. There were folks who said, "You know, I'm going to follow Elder so and so. I'm going to follow Pastor so and so. I'm going to follow this leader." And and they were they were splintering, so to speak, within the church. This was a group of folks specific to this context who were, uh, on some level, uh, bragging or at least trying to get others to see that their gift was the gift that was most important, or. Uh, most necessary for the church. There was sin uh, running uh, throughout the congregation. Worship got out of control from time to time. There was all kinds of stuff going on in the Corinthian church. And in the context of the gifts, again, folks were trying to figure out, well, I can speak in tongues. Oh, I can heal. Oh, I have the gift of faith. No one believes like I do. Uh, They were going all over the place in, in trying to argue and debate with one another on who was important, if you will. And Paul, in this passage, cuts straight to what's really important. If you look at me with uh, some of these verses, and I won't uh, spend a whole bunch of time dealing with the specific verses, but at least allow me to call attention to to some of them. Uh, For example, in verses 1 through 3, this is where Paul deals with uh, the idea of gifts without love, in essence, is nothing. I gain nothing. These folks, and and Paul does not dispute that these folks had gifts. It is reasonable to believe that these folks, many of them, uh, had been gifted by the Lord, but yet some of them were misusing the gifts or did not fully understand the gifts. And nonetheless, Paul is saying, you could have all of these things, but if you do not have love... You gain nothing, and in essence, these gifts amount to nothing in and of themselves. And again, this is, this is uh, we don't have to necessarily sit here and say, well, who of us have tongues or who of us have prophetic powers? We could ask, you know, the Lord has blessed us in many ways. And it does not necessarily have to be in terms of spiritual gifts. But some of us, the Lord is blessed with resources. Some of us with uh, some sort of education. Some of us, we have the ability to serve. Some of us, we can pray. We have a lot of gifts in this church. And Paul would say to you and to myself, despite having all of that, if love is not central to any of those gifts, then what are you really boasting about? He goes on to explain to the folks, in case you're wondering what love is about, and let me read these, and I'll read these slow because we need to make sure uh, that uh, this does not go past us. He says, love is patient and it's kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things and believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is Paul's uh, concept of love in a nutshell. For those in his audience who are arguing over gifts, debating issues of gifts, uh, Paul says, for one, love is what's important, most important, and this is what love in the body looks like. And if we see impatience, if we see unkindness, if we see envy or boasting or arrogance, uh, if we see rudeness, if we see, uh, you know, uh, insisting on our own ways, Paul would say this is the opposite of what Christian love looks like. This is Paul attempting to be practical. As a side note, this this doesn't. uh, I debated on whether to say this or not, but just in case there are inquisitive minds, when he talks about love bears all things and believes all things, this is not saying that we accept any and everything that comes in the name of Christ. Uh, Of course, you see relevant scriptures that debate that. In essence, that is talking about believing all the things that have been communicated to them via the apostles in a nutshell. That's somewhat of a side note, but uh, that question was asked uh, when I was talking about this. So I'll put that out there. But the big thing, again, is this is what love in the church looks like. This is what love in the church does not look like in light of the negative aspects of the text. So this is what Paul breaks down in verses 4 through 7. In verses 8 through 10, he talks about the enduring nature of love. All these other gifts, there will be a time in which they are no longer needed. There will be a time in which they will cease to exist. There will be a time in which they have served their purpose. Pardon me a quick sec. Y'all mind if I take a a quick sip? Nothing like some refreshing water, amen? But all of these things, All of these things will one day disappear, but the one thing that will remain is love. The one thing that will stand is love. As a matter of fact, if you skip down to verse number 13 right quick, uh, it says, So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. We'll come back to it as well, but let me say just right quick. Faith, the ability to believe that which you cannot see. That will one day cease when we are in glory and we see Christ face to face, face to face. There will no longer be the need for faith because faith will be sight, as I've heard someone say. Hope is that which we are longing for, looking forward to specifically the promises of God that he has made to us, well, one day those promises will be realized and there will no longer be the need for hope. But yet love is considered the greatest of these is because love will always be. We will love on this side of glory. We will love when we enter glory. And so this feeds into that enduring nature of love. Where the the folks in, in Paul's day, they were arguing and debating and taking pride in things that were going to cease. But yet Paul says, instead, be mindful of that which will endure forever and ever, and that is love. This is what the Apostle Paul, in essence, is trying to convey to them. So now, having said that about the verses as a whole. And again, there are a few other things in here that we could have spent time on, but know that I've tried to cover at least much of the angles. But for application purposes, I want you to first consider this, the necessity of operating in our gifts via love. There is nothing like wasted talent. Or if I were to put it another way, uh, there is nothing like wasting your time. I mean, some of us, we've done some things and we're engaging in things and we're operating and we're functioning and we're doing this and we're doing that only to realize at some later point, did I just waste my time? What was all of that for? Why did I engage in this? Because there is no real benefit from it, and you don't realize it till after the fact. Jesus said this another way in the Gospels. There will be a time in which folks will come before him, and they will say, we prophesied, we did all of these things in your name. But yet Jesus will say to them, depart from me, for I never knew you. The the, the, the spirit behind this thought is that we are called not only to exhibit the gifts that God has given to us, but these gifts are to be couched or they are to spring from love. In other words, how does love inform your ability to pray? Think about it like this. Someone does me wrong, or someone treats me in an unkind way, and I am told to pray for them. Well, instead of praying for their salvation, and the Lord will fix their heart, and the Lord will make everything all right, my prayer is, Lord, show them how wrong they are. Lord, discipline them. Lord, in the words of the psalmist, break their teeth. I prayed, did I not? But the spirit behind that prayer was kind of... Whereas, again, if my prayer is, Lord, uh, to be truthful, I have been hurt and I am disturbed by how I've been treated... Uh, but, Lord, I pray indeed that you will be mindful of this person and that you uh, will care for them and, 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 and help them to see you. And, you know, that, that spirit is a little bit different from breaking teeth and discipline. And this is, uh, again, this is something that we need to take into consideration. And the things that I am doing, whether it's my ability to give, my ability to pray, my ability to serve, whatever it is, How is that connected to the idea of love? In your service, are you patient? In your service, are you prepared to endure the difficulties of your service? It's one thing to serve with a bad attitude. I'm serving. Oh, Lord, please. These folks are getting on my nerves. Church ended an hour ago. Why are they still here? <laughs> None of the ushers told me that, by the way. That's just <laughs> that just came to mind. But, you know, we can be doing these things, but not with the right mind, the right spirit. That, that's, that's the gist of what I'm after. And Paul is telling these folks, and again, he is saying to us, that love must be connected to all that we do. This is why love is so important. Paul says, he would say, you know, great, I don't care how much experience you have at X, Y, and Z. I don't care where you went to school. I don't care if you went to school. But if you have love then we can ultimately talk. But he is saying to these folks who are concerned about their gifts as opposed to love, that they are falling short. Let that not be the case with us. Amen? The second point uh, is, he he gives us, and I went over it already for the most part, but beginning in verse 4, he gives an ingredient list, so to speak, of Christian love. And not that this is exhaustive, but think about you know, some of your, good, your, your food that you love you know, and, and the ingredients that uh, it takes to make that food. I don't know, again, what your favorite food would be, but uh, all of what we have has some type of ingredient that goes into the making of the food. And Paul, that's somewhat what he's doing in this list. And this is not an exhaustive list of love. But it's it's apparent that these were issues in this specific context. Again, just by way of repeating, love is patient. It is kind. It rejoices with truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. These are pictures of love that was most needed in this specific context. And the question is, when we talk about love, if we are known as a church that loves God and loves others, will folks see this amongst us? Let's be be fair. Some of us get on each other's nerves. Am I, am, I, am I speaking the truth or not? You don't have to say who, or you don't have to look at the person or whatnot, but that's just natural. I get on folks' nerves from time to time. Watkins family don't say anything, but you know, elders, y'all don't say anything that applies there as well. But, but we all do. That's natural. Love is not uh, exhibiting these things Independent of issues that arise. Love shines brightest when patience is needed. Love shines brightest when we we are tempted to to say unkind words or the situation may justify, quote unquote, unkind words. But love is seen when we offer kind words in the midst of... uh, Love is not arrogant. Some, You know, Paul says elsewhere, he says all these other false preachers coming around bragging and this and that. Paul says the truth is if they want to uh, go that route, I have way more things to brag about than what they really do. I've been beaten for the cause. I've almost been killed for the cause. I've uh, suffered this and that for the cause. But Paul says, no, 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 no. That's, That's not how I'm called to operate. I'm not going to boast in the things that would seem to be worthy of boasting. Instead, I will boast in Christ. Well, we're called, love is not arrogant. Paul obviously had folks in this context that was arrogant. But regardless, we can go on and on. Love, we we have no excuse, at least from this passage, to not know what elements of love look like. And where you see yourself in this, may the Spirit help. But nonetheless, this is what Christian love looks like. Now, the third point, and and we'll move on to uh, some conclusions, uh, the the stature of of Christian love. Again, we've, we've, we've been going through this for quite some time. And even in our previous series on gospel foundations in 1 John, we see how for John... Love of God and love of neighbor was super important. Well, it's, I don't want to pit faith, hope, love necessarily against each other because they're all great. We were called to have faith. We're called to hope. But in this context, Paul is showing how love is supreme. If you, if you permit me, uh, you know, the sporting uh, debate, there's always talk about who's the greatest player in this sport or that sport, who's the greatest team in this sport and that sport, and usually you'll have good players or good teams that they're talking about, and many of them you can make an argument for, but in this particular context, again, faith is super important. There were folks who had the gift of faith, not simply just believing in Jesus, but these were folks who would come and they would believe God for something and mountains would move. These were folks whose hope was great despite the odds, despite everything looking like it's going backwards. These were folks who had great hope in the promises of the Lord. But yet Paul says that while we are to abide in these three Know that the greatest is love. The greatest is love. If I'm to put it in a basic way, to love is greater than whatever gifts we might have. Again, praise God if you have education. Praise God if you are a a service-oriented person. Praise God if you have all types of experience and thus your advice is needed for everything. Praise God for all of those things. But again, what makes those things valuable and worthy in the eyes of the Lord himself is that they are driven by love. Now, as we prepare to close, why? The why of Christian love. You've heard me say this time to time, and it bears worth saying again. We love because this is the type of love that's been shown toward us. And not speaking per se of one another, and it should be, Love seen amongst one another. But this is the love that Christ shows toward us. I mean, just to pick out uh, a word, uh, patience. The Lord is patient with us. Amen? Amen. The Lord is patient with us. How can we not be patient with others? The Lord's love toward us is kind. How can our love toward others not be kind? We love, why? Because Christ has shown this love for us, ultimately seen upon the cross. Secondly, of the why, we love because we are commanded to love. Again, this is not an option. This is not a choice that we can make when we're ready to make it. This is one of the witnesses of our faith. Others seeing us loving the way Christ has loved us. And then thirdly, as it relates to the why, there are benefits that flow from love. And sometimes we don't even know what these benefits are. When, I love, when, when you love me, Put it this way: There, there are, there are, uh, you know, many of you all who have been very encouraging to me and to my family, and we have felt loved. And, and, and some of it has been big stuff, like you know, we still have rolls of toilet paper from the. <laughs> I don't know if that was a good example, but. <laughs> <You> know... <laughs> You know, we have a year's supply of that, and, and that, that just makes us feel loved and really cared for. And You know, we have paper towels. You know, we're still working through those. And anytime we need to clean our hands, boy, are we loved by faith. I mean, <laughs> and, and it could be something as simple as, you know, I've been asked multiple times this week, Pastor, how are you? Not a casual, hey, how are you doing? Okay, well, let's go on and move on to the next. How are you? I mean, that being done for me and for my family, that is a form of love that does great things for the soul and for the mind. And of course, I believe that the Lord will reward and bless us in light of our loving of one another. So, again, the wise of Christian love, it is done for us, it is a command. And at the same time, there are benefits. Uh, that flow from Christian love. The how. On some level, you see it here in this portion of Scripture. What does it look like, so to speak? I won't go back over these verses, but this is uh, what Paul would say in this context. We love people by being patient. We love people by being kind. We love people by not insisting on our own way. Uh, This is how We love, but we do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. The Lord knows that the things that he calls us unto is not easy. The Lord knows that uh, what he desires of us, the way that he is shaping us to become more and more like his son, would not be easy for the natural person. But he helps us by sending forth his own spirit. And it is the Spirit that will help us to do this. And so when you are, put it this way, we have no excuse. I can't be patient because that's just not me. In and of yourself, it may not be you. But the God who dwells in you is patient. Oh, it's hard for me uh, to endure uh, the things that are coming my way in the trials and the difficulties. Well, yes, in and of yourself, that probably is the case. But the God in you is able to endure whatever comes your way. Oh, it's hard for me, it's hard for me uh, to, to not be irritable and resentful because, oh, I mean, just life and work and church or whatever, is just, ah, well, the God in you is able to help you with resentment. And so these things, it's one thing to hear what love is like, what we're called or how we're called to exhibit love. It's another thing to put them in practice. But know, brothers and sisters, that with the help of the Holy Spirit, all of these things are more than possible. And so as we close out this series... As a church, perhaps we'll be known for a variety of things. That is a very diverse church there. You have a lot of people from all over the world. Praise be to God. Amen? How is love exhibited in our diversity? That is a church that is in their community. They're stationed in a community that most folks would probably be quick to leave. Well, how is our love exhibited in our presence here in this community? In other words, brothers and sisters, we will perhaps be known for various things as a church. And praise be to God if they're good and worthy things. But whenever someone comes here, whenever someone visits us, Whenever someone reads something about us, will what they see, is it going to be couched in love? And brothers and sisters, this is only possible if we're following the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God's ultimate example of love. And if we're following him, if we're being conformed into his image, Love will be there. And so, in loving, let us follow the Lord. And in following the Lord, let us love. Amen? Amen. Father, we bless your most holy name. And Father, we uh, first and foremost come to you and confess um, the ways in which we have not exhibited the love that Paul has shown in this letter. When we've been impatient or unkind, when we've been arrogant or when we've been insisting on our own way, um, we ask for forgiveness. And instead, Lord, we pray that your Spirit would help us to love in the ways that you're calling us to love. Father, of all the blessings you bestow upon us, of all the giftings and the talents that Reside here in this building on this morning. May the idea of love reign supreme. May we be a a church known for loving you. May we be a church known for loving each other. May we be a church known for loving uh, all peoples. And as we do, may our Savior shine bright. Thank you so much, Lord, for this series. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would stir upon our hearts the things that we need to be reminded of as you are calling us to put these things into practice. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.